0: Hello and welcome to the, creative, uh, the Creatives Podcast. My name is Beryl and yeah, that's right. Just like the gemstone, Beryl. Well, today is the first episode of our podcast for creative types. Those who create and support creative endeavors. Today we are talking to a playwright and poet uh, by the name of Lola. Now, I've known Lola for a while Living in Brooklyn, in the Fort Greene, Clinton Hill area, and Lola is a playwright and a poet. But I'd like her to tell you and us a little bit more about what she is doing, how long has and lo- how long she has been doing it. Hi, Lola. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Good, glad good. I'm glad you here. were able to make it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm glad to be here. So,
0: tell us a little bit about where where we're at. Um, the Brick Media House, downtown yeah. Brooklyn. And um, we're in the podcast studio. So, Lola, please tell um, the audience a little bit about what you do and how long have you been doing it?
1: Okay, well, I've been, before I could write, I was rhyming, and that's how I got the name Lola. My aunts named me Lola, and they used to make up rhymes for my name and for my character. And since I was a little girl, I, I've been writing stories. I used to go to um, South in the summer. So, because I was on a farm and there wasn't a lot of children around to play with, I would make up stories about the farm, about farm life. And then later on in my 20s, I just started making up little skits and writing them for gatherings um and get-togethers with for friends for weddings and for different occasions when i was in my mid 20s i went through a lot of um emotional turmoil because of um um relationships and breakups and things like that and through the sadness the poetry just started like pouring out of me so i found myself um writing poetry maybe seven, eight poems would just come to me as an a emotional release. And from there, I um, I was at work, actually, and I was printing off some of the poems I had written, and my coworker, being nosy, she mm-hmm. saw some of her poems on the um, printer. But it turned out to be a good thing, her nosiness, because she... She thought I had gotten the poems from somewhere else, and she asked me where I had gotten them from. And anyway, she encouraged me to make them into a book. My father took me to Manhattan to meet a, a local poet and author, and then I, I, from there I wrote my first book. Um, and in 20... What was the name of your first book? The f- oh, the first book was called Poems for Us All.
0: Uh, and can we still get a copy of it?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. Let us know where. Okay. Um, somethingforus.com. We'll we'll have the um. Okay. Great. We'll have all the books. Okay. And um, from there, I just kept writing. And and being a poet, I just want to say is not an easy road. It's not very lucrative, and I was told that by people in the um publishing industry. And um, unless you're like a famous person, or if you're you're doing a novel or something, Um, or a a music person. Writing lyrics. Yeah, doing Mm. lyrics. Poetry, per se, is not very um, lucrative. A lot of people are not really into reading poetry. And so I still loved it, but at times I felt deflated. I felt kind of discouraged. It was kind of difficult to keep up with it. And one day I decided I was going to stop writing. And I was in um, the business library on Tillery, and there was a group called Poets Under Glass, Mm -hmm. and I decided to join them. And I was the youngest person at 40, and wow. the only black person in the class. But I said, oh, well, hey, you know, I'm going to stick with this. Mm-hmm. So I did. And it turned out to be a really good thing for me because my writing went into um, a more imaginative area. Okay, It yeah, it was just a whole new way of writing for me, mm-hmm. very more illustrative. Um, and so from there, I, I wrote my next book, which was In Love With Mom. And I decided to turn that book in two thousand eight into a play. Wow. Yeah. And I had a director come work with me. He's um assistant film director. And um he worked with me in developing the play. We we actually had the opportunity. What was his name? To, his name is Curtis Smith. Okay. And we had the opportunity to perform the play, um, at the West Bank Cafe. Mm-hmm. Um on Forty Second Street, um, right. the Laurie Beachman Theater is called. Okay. Um, at the Cumble Theater, out of L. I. U. At the Jalopy Theater, I R T Theater and um Christopher Street in the Village at Two Steps Down and many local um you know, little restaurants and theaters, we had the opportunity. We did In Love With Mom for two years, wow. and it was it was well-received by, mm-hmm. you know, lots of um, different, diverse people.
0: Right. How long was the uh, play in terms of time?
1: The play ran for one hour. Okay. Yeah, and it had, um, I think about, let me see, five, seven characters. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Seven characters.
0: That sounds very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So in your in your process of creating either poetry or a play, um could you tell us a little bit more about your process? Like do you use pen and paper, the computer, notebooks? How do you write?
1: Okay. Well, I start off with the pen and paper cuz I'm still a pen and paper girl. Mhm. And um computer is kind of new to me I used to use the typewriter the electric typewriter and I've recently gotten into using the computer of course the computer is a great help because you can edit and you you know um you can save everything so I do record everything on the computer eventually but I start out with the pen and the paper Mm -hmm. why is poetry important Oh boy, I think it's so important because poetry, um, as they say, is writing um, pictures with words. Nice. And poetry, well, for me, <laughs> it, it's like therapy. It's very personal for me. It um, documents my life. It it could turn something negative into a positive. So it is very emotional and therapeutic for me personally. But in general, poetry is very um, imaginative. It's it's just beautiful. It's creative and it's beautiful. I love poetry. And where do you um, usually write? Um, where like? In like your home. Oh, okay. The location. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, usually at my home. I, but I could be en route. I could be traveling. I could be walking through a park. Which I which has happened. Mm-hmm. I could be sitting in a, a a doctor's office waiting for an appoint for you know to be called for an appointment. Right. I could be anywhere, and I write. I could be falling asleep. I could be on the subway, so I don't have like a a particular location because you get inspired, you know, as you're traveling. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, what is the most difficult part of your artistic process?
1: Um. I think I write pretty easily. I think the most difficult part, I would say, is um, staying motivated and positive and just continuing to do it because all my work so far, I've produced them pretty much on my own. I've taken a large part in um, making them come to life, making them happen. And so for me to just fund everything and stay in the game and just keep myself going, I think that would be the the challenging most challenging part for me mm-hmm.
0: well do you do you believe
1: in writer's block? Yes, I do believe in writer's block um I think i I've had it, but <laughs> <laughs> i I believe it just came because I didn't feel that the work was being appreciated or I may have felt like, well, why bother? What's the use of um, continuing with it? Um, it's not really generating a big income or anything like that. So I think that I I blocked myself because of external things. I don't think I really felt blocked within myself. Mm-hmm.
0: And what, what would you do if you did feel you, you had a mm-hmm. writer's block? What have you done?
1: Well, when I felt it, I just took a break. Okay. I just stepped away. I took a break, and um, I didn't. I didn't write for a while, but then I would come back to it because mm-hmm. it's like I can't really stay away right, too long.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, in terms of 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 writing, what what do you like to write the best? It plays poetry, short stories.
1: Um, I think it's stories. Yeah. 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 Why? Because it's it's like um, the characters. i even on my way here today. I was thinking about the characters. Like I'm writing about two girls named Dee Dee and Debbie. And I was thinking about what Dee Dee would say and if um, she got a rep as being a bad person, but is she really a bad person? And I don't <laughs> know. I was just thinking about her on my way right. walking here. And so the characters, they for the, the time that you are involved with them, uh-huh. they're like your family or your friends. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I like doing the story. How
0: do, you, how do you come up with the name Debbie and Dee Dee? <laughs>
1: I don't know. It's I was just like I wanted these characters that were besties. They're, they're best friends. They they grew up together. They live in New Brooklyn housing, and I wanted something to make them kind of like twins because mm-hmm. they're opposites. Their their personalities are not alike. Their career goals are not alike. Their relationship situations are not alike. So I said, well, Debbie and Dee Dee. Right. Kind of rhymes, kind of, mm. you know, goes together. So mm-hmm. I just came up. With, and they're short names. Right. Yeah, Easy so, to remember. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, um, the last time we had seen each other, we had spoke about what you're currently working on, mm-hmm. which is a play. And um, if you'd be so kind as to let us know what it is you're working on. Um how you met the person that you're involved with um, as is is a collaboration, um, and what else? And tell us a little bit about the process in working with someone else, in it being a collaboration.
1: Okay, sure. Well, the person that um, I'm working with, well, actually, I'm not really working with her. Uh, she has graciously allowed me to use some of her material. We, um, She's also a poet, and we have met through um, mutual contacts and, and at different events, and I've invited her to come to some of my events, and I featured her. And um, she saw a book that I published, and she was inspired and encouraged to do her own publication. And when she finished the production of it, she just had so much work. She has, like, hundreds of um poem, poems inside of this book, and I love the way she writes. I love her style, and I feel kindred to it. It's, like, kind of similar to some of the things that I write and the way that I, I write. So I fell in love with a few of the poems, and I wrote a, um a play based on 11... Pieces of poetry in her book, and the play is called "Old Fashioned Girl." And um, she's been very supportive, very free with um, you know letting me use her work. Um, she's standing to the side, you know. She said, "This is not my production; this is your production." And um, she's just giving me free range. And the the two characters, Debbie and Deedee, are based on the poetry in this book spoken word by Cindy
0: Mm -hmm. okay and um, what has been the hardest part of producing this play
1: well right now um, I'm just trying to you know fund it get funding and um, we're doing rehearsals I'm in we're going going to do the third rehearsal this week and I've always used well I've had the opportunity to use a couple of professional people in the past but majority of the times it's been non-professional people. It's just maybe they're poets um, themselves or maybe they're just novices. They're just people that I find in the community at work I've right. used people from my job from <laughs> di- different places you know just people and I ask them well would you like to be in a play and so rehearsing them you know working with them trying to get them to remember the lines and remember the material that's like really challenging but I will say that they have you know they have risen to the the task, to, right. to the challenge.
0: Nice, nice, nice. So um, at what point or do you know when you'll be ready to go into full production of the play? And, and where will it be?
1: Yes. Um, I've already spoken with Art New York on um, South Oxford, right? Uh-huh. South Oxford, yes. yeah. Um, in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm just trying to remember the address. Um, yeah, I think it's 138 South Oxford in Brooklyn. And um, so I, I've done plays there before. I did my Fat Cow play there. So I like the, the setup and the people. And I'm going to be doing Old Fashioned Girl January 19th, mm-hmm. which is on a Friday at 7 p.m. So we're going to do a few shows um, from the end of January to the beginning of February at Art New York Okay, and yeah.
0: Art New York is between what two streets on South Oxford?
1: Um, I think it's Hanson Place uh-huh.
0: um, and, Fulton? and Fulton, I think Okay, yeah. alright, so with you being a poet and a short story writer do you have anything that you'd like to read today? Sure Okay, sure. what is it?
1: Let me see. Um, Maybe I'll read something that's been pretty popular. It's called A Blue Bicycle. A Blue Bicycle. Okay. A Blue Bicycle. This one fine day, I was passing along when I fell in love with a blue bicycle. This, of course, came as a total shock, because if you know me, you know I'm a pink person. Pink all the way. Oh, I'm not totally pink and frilly, but there is no doubt about it. Pink and everything it represents is my thing. That's why when I found myself looking at that blue bike and admiring it, I was puzzled. Each day I passed that window, I found it more appealing. I envisioned what it might be like to actually take it for a spin. Then I contemplated returning it and wondered if I'd be able to. Could I perhaps purchase it and keep it? I wouldn't dare. Why am I not saying no, no way? From childhood on, I would have said no way I'd ever even sit upon a blue bicycle. Somehow... I noticed what a deep, pretty blue it seemed to be. How shiny the handlebars appeared. How strong the tires purported themselves to be. And what a seat. It was neither too high nor too low, plus it was the perfect width. Now I could really be quite comfortable on that seat. I sensed this bike would go at just the right speed that it would last. It would give me many years of faithful service. Oh, wait, what if my strong tires go flat or if I lose control of the handlebars and land in a deep ditch? Finally, what would I look like, a pink person riding around town on a blue bicycle? What would everyone say? How totally out of place I would feel. The pressure and the enormity of it all would be far too much to bear. bear. The idea that I had done something so unimaginable. How would I live with the thought what to do? I know, perhaps I could purchase two. A pink one and the lovely blue one. But how would the blue one feel? Would it want to share? Would it feel slighted? What of my imperfect self? Would I ride them both equally impartially, Or would I favor the one over the other? Would I keep one down in the basement while the other sat upstairs next to the door? In my heart, I know the right thing for me to do is just get one bike. I'm a one-bike person. And since I've always liked pink, then pink it is. I'll have to find a pink one. Hold up. You know on second thought, I think it'll be easier if I just take my time and walk.
0: I love that. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing. Welcome. Thank you. So, um, is in fact, we have time maybe for you to read something else. Do you have a poem oh, sure. or something you'd like to read? I sure. love that, po- <laughs> Lola. Thank you.
1: Thank you. It's, it's kind of hard. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, okay, let me see. Um, maybe favorite seat. God, this one was kind of popular. Blue bicycle is a little long. Uh, <laughs> I loved it. I
0: loved it. I really did. I made
1: it into a story. I made it into a children's book actually.
0: Did you? Yeah. And what is the title?
1: Um I think it's the same title, a blue bicycle. Okay. Mhm. I made it into a children's book. I could do something from mom. All right. Oh, I could do something from Okay, I'll do a short one from mom. Okay. I love the baby. I loved the man. It wasn't true. I loved the baby, and it was pure. I loved the baby, and it was pure. The baby loved me just as I was. The baby loved me just as I was. I loved the baby. He wasn't mine. I loved a baby. He wasn't mine. But there was nothing I wouldn't do. But there was nothing I wouldn't do. A stranger took him away from me. A stranger took him away from me. We were as happy as two could be. We were as happy as two could be. Last time we spoke, my babe was two. Last time we spoke, my babe was two. He said goodbye I love you and then I knew I may not speak when he is three I may not ever speak to thee
0: very nice thank you again welcome so Lola it has been such a pleasure (laughs) having you here telling us about your writing experience and sharing some of your work with us um what I'd like you to do is just give us the name again of the two books that okay, you've okay. done?
1: Well, I I actually did three. Okay. Um, In Love... Well, Poems for Us All is the first one. Um, Poems for Us All. And then this second one is called In Love with Mom. And the third one is called A Fat Brown Cow. Okay, and people can get them where again? Something for Us. Something. The number four
0: us.com wonderful all right thank you again sweetie wow. and um this is going to be the first couple of broadcasts coming up for um my new show and it's going to be called the creative force and i'd like again yes. to thank lola she's my first guest in oh, this endeavor thank you and um the next couple of times hopefully we'll be um interviewing the playwright um not the playwright, the uh, person who Lola had taken the poems from in terms of creating her play. So please look out for us again. Look out for the creative force. And uh, thank you for being part of our show.